You're listening to the Children's Book Marketing Podcast, the podcast that teaches self-published children's book authors how to use branding to connect with readers, leverage content to sell more books, and grow a business that goes beyond the book. Being a children's book author means you found a unique way to deliver messages with words and illustration. But to thrive as an independent publisher, you'll need to master the art of attracting and engaging with readers so that you can sell more books. Join me to learn proven marketing strategies that can be implemented without hassle or complexity to take your publishing endeavors to new heights. I'm your host, Michaela Simone Ben, mompreneur marketing maven, fellow self-published children's book author and content creator. Are you ready to define success on your own terms? Then let's get to it. Hello, hello. I'm Michaela. And welcome to episode 14 of the Children's Book Marketing Podcast. I am excited about our topic for today because it is something that I deal with day in and day out. I am a content creator, which means that I create for all of the platforms that I communicate on, but I also create for the platforms that I manage for my author clients. And whenever I am asked about shortcuts and ways to save time with content creation. First, I usually get this strange look where people are like, how do you do it all? And the truth of the matter is I do it because I have systems in place to do it. So I am going to share those systems with you and the overall framework and the tools that I use. That way you can go forth with your content creation endeavors, knowing a few things that are essential for you to take with you. And also knowing some things that you might not need as much as you think you do. So we're going to cover things like how you can resist the urge to be everywhere in the social media sphere, what you can do to create a massive amount of content in a short amount of time, how that can be released at the times that make the most sense. And we're going to wrap this up with a little bit of a touch on how to follow through with your responsiveness so that you're engaging in the way that you expect by releasing all of this good content. So first thing you should know is that content creation is a bit of an art and a bit of the things that go into it are unique to your children's book, to your mission and purpose as an author, and some things that are to an extent general around things that are important to our readers, things that are pertinent to what's happening in the world of children's books and where your ideal reader is concerned is really where you should spend a lot of time doing the research. Now, content is something that ultimately opens a door. It gives somebody who is interested in what you're talking about insight into what is in your brain. What is essential for you to convey to them are things that they can relate to. And so I very strongly discourage posting random things just to check the box and say that you got it done. I instead advocate for following a plan. And a content plan is not only essential for the way that I operate my business, 
But it's also very helpful for you to manage things in your life without the chaos and without procrastination and without being overwhelmed because too many things are being required of you at the same time. So the first thing I'm going to share is that you have to resist the urge to be everywhere and the pressure to be everywhere is so real. People will say, get on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. They'll just list all of the platforms and suggest that you're supposed to be on all of them. But the truth of the matter is your ideal reader is not on all of them actively every day. Now, they might be here and there on one or the other, but there is some place that they consider their go-to. They go to this place for news and information. They go to this place for entertainment. They go to this place when they just want to see what's happening with people that they follow just because they're curious and just because they want to tune out for a little while. And I can guarantee that somebody who you would consider to be your ideal reader is not on every platform that exists every day of the week. And so here is where you have to make a choice. You have to choose which platform is of the greatest degree significant to your ideal reader. And that's where you should park it for a while and hang out. Now, if you park it there and you hang out there, there's some things that would be helpful for you to do while you are taking up space in that atmosphere. One of the things is to learn the platform. You may not become a master of it overnight, but what trends are running the show? What are some of the syntax that will be helpful for you to engage with your audience? And something else that is more overlooked than not is when are people showing up and what are they bringing with them? So for instance, I have recently fallen in love with TikTok. I was already flirting with TikTok. But when it became apparent that my audience, very distinctly, the audience of people who want to purchase my book are on TikTok, I had to go over there and see how I fit in. I am not going to dance a whole step that requires memorization. Although I can dance, mama's not going to do it for the talk. I am not someone who is remarkably funny. I have a sense of humor and it is in its own way relatable to lots of people, but I had to really try to figure out what can I bring to a platform that has billions. Is it billions? No, they just announced recently that they have 1 billion users. Where do I fit? So I had to make that distinction for myself. And you have to do the same thing on the platform that you select, knowing what you can contribute that is valuable. And so that area is where I spend a lot of time talking about things that are relevant to parents, things that are relevant to educators, things that are going to capture the attention of people who are in my generation, which is Generation X, because those are people who are not only parents, but also recently some have become grandparents. And what I do differently on this platform than how I use Instagram, because I understand what people are commanding for me to do based on the data, I understand that I can't use Instagram the same way. I can't use reels the same way that I use for my TikTok videos. 
And you'll have to figure out what your audience wants from you because you can establish a sense of leadership and authority in an area, but you have to first test it out to see what they are going to be most responsive to. And what I found and why Instagram is used differently from TikTok is that people like you who are children's book authors who want to tap into some aspect of how to move the needle forward with your marketing, that's where I'm connected to you. That's where I communicate about the podcast. That's where I share insights, all for free, by the way, that give some credence to marketing not being as complicated as a lot of people would like to make you believe that it is. Before we go on to the next subject, let me ask you one quick question. Have you learned anything yet during this podcast episode that you didn't know already? If that's the case, please do me a favor and go leave a review of the podcast. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts and you can also leave a review on Spotify. Either way, I love your feedback and I really want to know what you're taking away from listening to the Children's Book Marketing Podcast. And oh, by the way, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the podcast. That way you're notified each time a new episode airs and when it goes live, you will want to be the first to know. I really do appreciate you listening and tuning in. Now let's get back to the episode. So that's the first thing. You want to resist the urge to be everywhere. The next thing is once you know exactly where you're supposed to be because you know who your ideal reader is and because you know what it is that they need to hear from you, here is where the creation now can go forth. Batch creating is the most efficient way for me. And I have used this for years. I've used it in the corporate world, I've used it in my parenting life and homeschool mom activities. And I've also used it to create content for myself and my clients because it's something that really does help to save time. And so since I'm pressed for time, don't want to waste time and want to make sure that I can strike while the iron is hot Batch creation is my go-to for using a block of time to get things done that have similar responsibilities. If I'm batching, I'm creating from, let's say, one to three hours, something that has a similar nature that I can do enough of, that replication of the process is something that helps to increase the effectiveness of how I'm spending time doing that thing. And once you do it enough times, it becomes somewhat rote, not necessarily mundane, but something that you can establish a degree of mastery with. And so while you're in that element, when you create more of the same and you vary it slightly for whatever it is you're creating, you're running through a part of your brain that is stimulated that is happy to continue going forth in that thing. You can shift gears, however, but it might be better to take a break and walk away. So for instance, 
when you create for your social media and you decide you are going to create all of your images one day, you have a set number of photographs that you may select. Canva is my go-to platform. You have, if you have set it up to be most helpful for you, all of your branding elements. So that's your visual images along with your fonts, your colors from your color palette and the mood board that you may have selected. You have all of the things that you want to convey in the graphic element of it. And you decide, all right, I'm going to take 60 minutes and I am going to knock out as many graphic visual images as possible. And you might find that you can average per hour something like six. Six would be one image every 10 minutes or so done. So if that happens, that means you really have just created a big part of six days worth of content that you can share on your social media. Now you might decide six is not how frequently you want to post on a week long basis. You could choose whatever the cadence is that you feel is best suitable to what you can sustain. So if you know six is not something that you're going to do every week, don't do six. But if you decide, I know that I can create six images in an hour long time span, you might say, I can post three days a week, three days a week. You are going to release one of the six. So you have already decided I am going to post three days a week for the next two weeks. And you've gotten that out of the way. That is how you batch create. Now, beyond batching, the next thing I do is schedule. Scheduling to automate the release of social media posts as well as emails is something that is remarkably effective. One of the things that people unfortunately don't realize is that we're not all just sitting by the phone every day, scrolling, watching, and waiting for the right time to post. And I know that there are some people who do that. However, I want to give you a little bit of a nudge and say, most of us don't. There is a way to learn when the right times to post are. And I use a tool called Planoly to schedule my posts. Now, once the post has been created for the graphic image and the caption has been appended to what is going to release, I look at the analytics within Planoly, and those are what let me know what time of day people are most likely to respond to what I'm sharing. If I were to pull it up right now, I would see that there are three times today that were recommended by Planoly as the best times for me to release a post. On the occasion that I go off of that sequence that they recommend, I still get visibility. And you may as well, but if you're really after engagement, you'll stick to what the recommendation says. 
Are you struggling to connect with followers online because you're not sure what to say to convert them from somebody who's just looking at your account to someone who's supporting your children's book business? Or maybe you're having a difficult time figuring out what to say other than asking people to buy your children's book. Well, if you're having a difficult time with either of these, I have something that you will not want to miss. It's called Content Props 365. It's over 12 months of content for you to share in social media or anywhere you plan to post online to connect with potential readers. It's also going to give you over two dozen calls to action to make sure you're prepared to give readers that next step you want them to take without being repetitive and constantly sounding like you're begging for someone to buy your book. In addition to that, you're also going to get my top social media creation and sharing tools, the ones that I use every day to keep releasing engaging content and to drive traffic back to my website to what? Convert followers into buyers. That plus more. So if this is something that you are ready to start doing, you definitely need to get Content Prompts 365. Go to childrensbookmarketing.co slash CP365. All right, let's get back into this episode. Once you've scheduled it and you schedule it for release according to when your audience is going to show up for you, you know when to be at the computer. So you can automate that thing, but I do not recommend setting it and forgetting it. Once you have it scheduled and you know when it's going to go out, you will receive a reminder that lets you know when something posts if you use Planoly. Other platforms that are similar will teach you the same basic approach and they will also notify you whether you're using plan, P-L-A-N-N, that one or later, there are so many. They'll all basically say, all right, your thing is going out. That's when you should make the time to go and turn on the app that you are posting something on so that you can be there when the comments come, when the likes come, when the shares come. And when you may have to respond back to someone who asks a question or makes a comment. Now, when you do that, there is a little bit of a science to how long between when you release the post and when you actually see something. And it's based on what hashtags you use. So instead of scrambling at the last minute to get the hashtags, the other thing I'm going to recommend that you do along the lines of scheduling, is make sure that you have your list of approved hashtags. And I say approved, not McKella approved, but for your brand. And your brand for your author brand, as well as for the book that you are hoping to bring visibility to, should have a variety of sets for your hashtags. From you being able to identify what those are in advance, you can simply go through the place where you have them saved. And if you use Planoly, you can in fact save them within the app, copy them and paste them. If you use the paid version, you can automate the release of your hashtags as the first comment for Instagram. 
You can do things a little bit differently in other platforms. However, I am not here to sell you on one platform or another. I'm simply offering you the tools that I use to simplify my day. So what we first do is resist the urge to be everywhere and then batch create so that everything that we are releasing gets created all at the same time. So you can move on to whatever your next set of tasks will be. Schedule those images and captions to go out once the automation notifies you that it's time for that thing to go live, get by your app, turn the thing on and start to engage with your audience. Those timeframes are so important for you to adhere to. So depending on the platform that you have chosen, Instagram says within the first 15 minutes is usually if you're there and you're starting to get some traction, Respond within the first 15 minutes, you will continue to see that post circulated throughout their newsfeed algorithm. So I hope that is helpful for you. If it was, let me know. If you do not already, please subscribe to the podcast. The next installment of what we're going to cover is also in the reins of content. I am going to go a little bit deeper into what is involved in your content plan so that you can understand that your messaging may be very different from my messaging and that's perfectly okay. But how you can go about determining what the right things to say are is what you can expect for the next episode. So thanks for joining today and we will talk again soon.